I hope this is all in focus. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Dead air. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dead Air Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm going to grab a McDonald's on the way home. And that is Rob. This week, Rob has got a review for us of... What was the film, Rob? Epic. Epic. And uh, I'm going to talk about the Xbox One. Okay. We've also got an interview with James Whale. We have. And we're going to have a little bit of a rant about Talk Talk. The big technology story this week is that Microsoft have unveiled their new console. Now, there were a lot of uh, talk in the run-up to the unveiling about uh, what it was going to be called. The previous console was called Xbox 360. So can you guess what a lot of people predicted the new one would be called? 362. No, although that's a valid prediction. Think more in terms of, you know, 360. What would you call something that's a follow-up to that? Maybe... Uh... If you if you think, you know, like 180, and then 180 becomes 360, what would be the next logical step? Naught. No, I was thinking more of like 720. Because you've gone full circle, so you'll be back at naught. Right, yeah. A lot of people said that it was going to be called the Xbox 720, because that is what people thought would can be. Can you have 720 degrees? Yes, of course you can. In fact, a 720 is a skateboarding term, isn't it? It's when someone goes round so many times. Anyway, they didn't call it that. What did they call it? The Xbox One. And the big story about it... They will not let you now buy a game and then give it to somebody else after you've played it. Well, that's fine. Why? It's not fair. Why is it not fair? Because the software houses are forcing people to buy the games, whereas in the past you could just buy a game, play it for a bit, and then give it to your friend. Yeah, but then the software houses don't benefit from the sale because the friend has got it for free. So what? Well, that friend should go and buy it. Why? I'll give you an example. Okay. Ten people. Yep. You're one of the ten. Okay. You're a software developer. You write some games. Got it. You make a game. You sell it to one of the other ten people. Okay. 50 quid. 50 quid. Okay. I'm happy. I've got right. 50 quid for my work. You've got 50 quid. Now, that person then sells that game to his friend. No, I don't want him to do that. Why? Well, I want the friend to buy the game off me. Because now, I want the money. You see, when I'm developing the game, I want all the money. <laughs> when a big company develops it, I don't want them to get all the money. Isn't that weird? But I can see what you're saying. What you mean is... It's not fair on the software company who've made the game yep. because if a thousand people buy that game and then each of them lend it or give it to ten people, that's ten thousand people that have had the experience without actually paying. Yeah, I mean the disc usually is just a delivery method mm. to get it into your house and into your games console. There is, a, there is another thing here as well which no one's talking about, which is probably won't happen but it might which is that the cost of the games might come down a bit. Because more and more people are having to buy the game. Yeah. Because more copies are getting sold, they might make them cheaper because they don't have to charge as much for each copy. But it's very unlikely. That is unlikely, yeah. But it could happen. You never know. But uh, apart from that, we don't really know much about it. It's uh, We know its name. We know its name, the Xbox One. And we know you have to buy games for it. But we'll keep you posted on that as, as more and more stories come out. Now, I want to talk about uh, Talk Talk. 
I've got a huge rant in my head about TalkTalk, but I'll keep it brief because we've got the James Whale interview this week. I called TalkTalk technical support the other day on behalf of a customer. Right. And after an hour on the phone, I was put through to someone who did a check on the line, and that person told me, there is a fault, we need to send an engineer out to fix it, and it's going to cost you £50. Sorry? It's going to cost you £50? Yeah. And it's their fault? Their fault, and they wanted £50 to fix it. Wow. Now, that is bad, but it's not just that. It's the fact that it took me an hour to, to get this information. In the end, I just said, leave it, and I've told the customer to get their internet from someone else. Right. Because when I first rang TalkTalk, they tried to sell me something. I rang them and said, the internet... So you phoned to complain? I, I wasn't complaining. I phoned up. I said, hey, how's it going? We've got an internet here that's not working. I've changed the router. Can you check the line, make sure there's no problem? And he goes, yeah, okay. Uh, while I've got you on the phone, do you know that we do an offer now? I see you've got two lines. You can have broadband on both. And I said, why do I want broadband on both? Yeah, why would you want broadband And he on said, both? do you know what he said? Because if one stops working, you'll have the other one as a backup. Wow. <laughs> I told him, look... You're not even giving us a reliable broadband on one line, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna order it off you for two lines, am I? If you were gonna do that, you'd get the broadband from two different people. Yeah. Talk talk. I am just totally against them, and I'm telling everyone now. Everyone who I know who's got talk talk, I'm trying to get them to get off them because I don't like talk talk. Well, last week we interviewed Andy Mack. Yep. And we've got several people lined up for interviews over the next several weeks. We have. And we were supposed to be interviewing James Whale in a week or two, wasn't it? I think so. Is it next week or the week after we were supposed to interview him? Yep. But um, due to a variety of reasons, we ended up interviewing him today. It was all very sudden. A window became available. Exactly. And he's very busy. So, obviously, getting him, pinning him down and getting him to talk was quite tricky. But uh, when Rob had the chance, we just jumped on it. So, we gave him a ring, and uh, it was quite fun, because we had to set everything up to actually record the phone call, which we hadn't done before. Nope. And um, we were just sort of running around like idiots, trying to figure out how to... Well, we only had, like, 15 minutes to get everything set up. and we had to figure out a way of getting a telephone connected to a computer, which is actually not as easy as you would think. You are listening to the Dead Air Podcast. Hello. Hello, is that James? Speaking. Hi, it's Rob from the uh, Dead Air Podcast. Oh, hi, Rob. How are you doing? Not too bad. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm here as well. How are you? Hello, Nick. Hi. First of all, I just want to say thank you very much for taking the time out to speak to us. It's all right. And no I, have to, I have to say, Rob is, uh, is, is completely going potty here because he's such a big fan of yours. And um, he's, he's like a little kid. I've never seen him like this before. Now, listen, James, I've been listening to you for a, a good portion of my life. Um, back in the day when I was uh, still in school, I remember getting a uh, little bedside alarm clock radio. And in Anglesey, North Wales, uh-huh. I used to be able to pick up Red Rose Radio. And I remember the first time I heard you, you were having a, I wouldn't say argument, because it was one way. <laughs> um, you, you, you were speaking to this lady who was... Uh, what can we you say? can't say Be- basically. No, I can't say basically. Uh, benefit scrounger, and uh, you basically put her in her place. I said basically again. See, that's I'm you nervous. Did. That's the James Whale <laughs> effect. Yeah. Calm down, guys. I can't reach you from here. Go on. <laughs> um, so from that moment on, I was hooked. Um, unfortunately, then you left Red Rose Radio, and you moved to Radio Air. Is that right? Or you stayed no, on Radio uh, Air? 
I was already on Radio Air and my programme at that time. How old were you? Ooh, I would have been 13. Oh, OK. So you're nearly the same age as me. That's right. Uh, so I, uh, I had a programme in those days that was syndicated uh, to a number of radio stations. And I would have been doing it from Leeds. Uh, sometimes I did it from Red Rose, but most of the time I did it from Leeds. And it was syndicated, I think, to a couple of radio stations in the north of England. So it was more than just Red Rose. It was a few other stations as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So unfortunately, you left. Well, you didn't leave Red Rose. Red Rose obviously gave up their contract with Radio Air or yourself or whatever. And... No, I left. I went to do a, a um, funnily enough, I went to do a television show for HTV Wales. Um, being half Welsh, you understand. Of course. Uh, a lot of my family come from Prestatyn and Rill. Um, I actually went to do this show on HTV Wales, and I couldn't carry on doing the radio program as well. So that's what happened. So then when, how did the um, James Well radio show, which is actually a TV show, come about then? Uh, well, I, I, I reached the grand old age of about 33, and I felt that having spent most of my working life on the radio since I was about 20... Uh, I should branch out into television. And uh, a, a very young uh, Carol Vorderman uh, told me I should go and see her agent in London, which is what I did. Um, and I did a series for Channel 4, um, which was a sort of pseudo-educational series, a sort of Channel 4 version of the Open University. And I, I was just the front man for it. Mm. <clears throat> but... Um, uh, and, and I was still doing my radio shows and still living in Yorkshire at the time. And then I got a phone call one day from a guy who said, uh, James Whale. And I said, yes. And he said, oh, uh, my name's Ian Bolt. I said, yeah. Uh, he said, I want to put your radio show on the TV, uh, to which I told him to go and do one and put the phone down. And because I thought it was one of my mates winding me up. Uh -huh. And so uh, I then rang my uh, my agent at the time and said, uh, have you ever heard of a chap called Ian Bolt? And she said, oh, yes, he's a really big producer at uh, Yorkshire <laughs> Television. Um, he uh, he does 321 and Through the Keyhole and all sorts of programs he does for, for YTV. I said, oh, right. Well, I might have made a boo-boo. I said, I think I just told him to go and get stuffed. Um, and uh, so she organized a meeting and we got together and it, it transpired that he was a big fan of the radio program. And uh, and he he actually uh, did put the radio show on TV, hence the name the the James Well Radio Show. It was on Granada, but it wasn't actually on HTV. So, fortunately, uh -huh. being living in Anglesey, we had clear yeah. waters, so I was able to watch that. A bit grainy, but I was still able to watch it. And I used to have to sneak and turn my telly on when the uh, the parents weren't looking. And, well, uh, I think yeah, you must have been watching it then from the very early age, because for three months it was on Yorkshire TV and Granada Television. That's right. And then it went network because we had such a huge audience. In fact, I think on two regions we had a bigger audience than the rest of the network put together. Uh, so then we uh, we started broadcasting every Friday night. I think we went for four or five years doing it uh, to the whole of the network. Now then there was a big gap in uh, my history of the uh, listening to James Whale until I discovered you on talk Why? sport what, 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 what's your excuse for that well i don't know i mean i to be honest i followed you around britain because i only applied to leeds university so i could get near um radio oh, air you. <laughs> <laughs> so so and, and you'd left um by then and you know i still went to university <laughs> in, leeds. <laughs> in leeds yeah um leeds yeah. metropolitan university yeah um great part of my life i think yeah i don't remember much Listen, I, look look i'm although i am a londoner who is half welsh uh, on my mother's side, uh, and my mother always said, that means you're Welsh. Um, 
I, uh, I, I moved to Yorkshire from London just, uh, well, I moved to the northeast from London for three months and stayed for about 25 years in the north. <laughs> Everybody a, thinks I come from months. Yorkshire. I actually don't come from Yorkshire, although as far as some of my children are concerned who still live there, they are Yorkshiremen. But, you know, uh, I, I sort of, I, I couldn't get a job in, in radio uh, when I was in my early 20s, so I, I sort of looked all over the country, a bit like looking for a university, I suppose. Yeah. So well, I'm sorry I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't leave. No, it's I, okay. You you know, I've forgiven you. It's all right. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> now, but you, then you've gone back to North Wales, haven't you? I've, well, my parents live here, so I moved back. Now, listen, do me a favour, just uh, while I take over the interview for a few moments. Sure. So, do we have any time restriction on this or not? There is no time. We have shut shop for you. Okay, right. <laughs> now, I, uh, um, um, Mrs. W., my wife of some many years standing, my first wife, in fact, uh, I, I've, I met my wife through an old school friend of mine uh, who I haven't seen for about 45 years. Uh, his name is David Stevenson, uh, and he was studying hairdressing at the London College of Fashion and I was at a disco there one night to see The Chicken Shack. You won't even have heard of these no. people. But back in the 60s, they were quite a big band, um, which is where I met Mrs. W. Uh, now, the reason I tell you that, and you wonder, why is he telling me this rubbish? The reason I tell you that is I haven't seen this David Stevenson since I was at school. Uh, but I am led to believe from somebody that I met who I was also at school with some considerable time ago, and it sticks in my mind. They said, David, who at the time was like, he was the babe magnet. He was the guy who played in the band in school. He was what everybody thought was going to be the big star. Um, apparently, he runs a nursery, um, uh, a nursery. I can't remember whether it's on Anglesey or Hollyhead. David what kind of nursery? A, a nursery or, for or, children or for plants? No, nursery for herbs, I think. Ooh. So I'm just, I'm leaving that with you and any of your listeners who may know this guy. Okay. Stevenson was his surname, was it? Yeah. I actually, my brother might actually know him. Why? Um, he used to go to school with a Stevenson who owned a nursery in uh, Anglesey in a place called Gerwin or Pentraberu. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the nursery, but I'll ask my brother when I see him. He, he might uh, know him. But he hasn't um, seen Holland him Dams, isn't it? It wasn't Holland. That's the actual garden centre. But there's a nursery there. Okay. All right. And I shall ask him. Within a few okay. phone calls, we can probably find where this guy is. All right. Because well, we, that, we I know just, everyone. I, <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in. Here's another, another thing relative to where you are. Uh, I did a, a filming once for my TV show. We used to do a section of the TV show called Whaley Goes to Town. We Whaley Goes to Town. I remember it well. Yeah. Uh, that was the most expensive part of the whole programme. <laughs> and... And we came, I think, is there a, 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 we came, I think it was to Hollyhead. Yeah. Um, and there was a cinema which was uh, uh, run by volunteers, and they made horror movies. Ooh. And they made some of the most appalling and gruesome horror movies, just as a, a hobby, if you like. This is not uh, the um, I Married a Vampire Motorcycle or something like that. That's it, yes, that's ah, it, yes. Yeah, I see, absolutely. I remember, is that the one with the... Um... Talking turd. Talking turd. I was, I was thinking, can we say that on the podcast? But yeah, I, I'll we let can it say slide. anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I just uh, I remember that. I also remember spending a very wet camping holiday on Hollyhead when I was a kid. 
nothing much has changed. No, no. I remember, you know, got up in the morning and hit the top of the tent and it all came in and water is horrible. We, we have had... Not Hollyhead, the tent. <laughs> <laughs> we have had two nice days this year, though. There's one today. Have you? Yeah, yeah, so we're doing quite well. And so why do you two, after university education, stay in North Wales? Well, that's a long story. Well, we've... I've I've travelled all over the world and, um, you know, I've ended up coming back to North Wales because I just consider it my home, really. It's it's beautiful but place. But you sound about 14 years old. Well, thanks very much. I'm almost 40. I'm 38. No. Yeah, I'm 38. And uh, I've lived That's in... not s- almost 40, but OK, go on. Well, it's, all, it's near enough, isn't it? So I, I've lived in South America. Um, yeah. I've travelled around a bit and been living all of, in different places and just... When you come back to North Wales and you take that train ride along North Wales coast and you see the Snowdonia Mountains and the Irish, mm. and the North Sea there, it's just it just gets me every time. Yeah, well, I'm uh, yeah. Uh, and do you speak Welsh or not? Yeah, I speak Welsh fluently and uh, speak yeah. Spanish as well. Yeah. And um, I hate you already. I'm beginning to really dislike you intensely. But go on. <laughs> I'm like that, you know. I, I I'm the same as you. Oh well, you, you know. dislike him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not with surprised. Him. But anybody um, who can speak a couple of languages is instantly dislikable. Well, I've only been to Leeds and back, I'm afraid. Yeah, can you speak Leeds? I can speak Leeds. No, Good. not really. I Good. can't. No, but I'm originally from Sussex, <laughs> down down near near your way. Cause you're yeah, from well, Kent. where where in Sussex? Um, East Grinstead originally, and then Forest Row, which is just okay. Outside. You know how how spooky it is when you you talk to somebody and they've always got a story about somewhere. Mm-hmm. That you mention it's annoying, right? Yeah, but I'm just going to tell you that uh, I, st- I, 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 I started my life at 16 as an, an actor, or that's what I thought I was going to be, right? And uh, I went to East Grinstead and stayed there for six weeks. I'd had enough after that uh, at <laughs> what was then, then called the Adelaide Jeunet Theatre, right, in East Grinstead, where I was the stage manager. Ooh. Do you know that? So theater, I thought Rob? I'd throw that in. Nice pub I, in I, Forest. I, well, I was quite young then when I was in East Grinstead. Moved to yeah. uh, Forest Road. So was I. Sixteen. Wow. Sixteen. Yeah. Stage manager. Yeah. Where no. did we go well, wrong? The, well, stage manager is only the bloke who who sort of runs around after everybody, and if there's a, a part left in the play, you do <laughs> that as well as paint the scenery. It sounds grand. It isn't. Now you're a keen archer. Toxophilist. Toxophilist. That's the posh word for archer, toxophilus. I, I am a very keen archer. And I'm yeah. a keen archer. Well, yeah, you, I, you have a you bow. You are too. I am too, yeah. I have a bow. It's actually downstairs. Is it? Yes. It's, uh, <laughs> I, have, I, I threaten Nick with it every now and again. Yeah, so what sort of bow is it? It's a, just a recurb takedown bow. I've a had it since bow. I was a uh, since I was about 16. And then I stopped archery. Well, you're not an archer then, are you? Well, I'm an archer at heart. I, 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 well, I, I, a few years ago, I went to a uh, one of those um, theme parks, and they had a, an archery thing that you can do. And uh, I, my daughter had a go, and then I thought I'll have a go, and I got a bullseye first go. So, and everyone said, you know, you've done this before, and I said, yeah, I've done this before. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, then we we need to have a shoot off sometime. Well, this is we? it. You see, I'm thinking, yeah. you know, we should uh, come down on a little holiday, visit my old haunts, and uh, take a trip over to uh, to Kent. And hook something up, but I wouldn't know where to go to do archery in Kent. Obviously, well, I, I tend to do my archery all over the place, wherever there. Are, but I only do field archery now. Right. Although, of course, in my youth, I was the under sixteen Surrey junior champion um, but as a target archer. But uh, I just I, I uh, do field archery. You'll have to look it up and, and find out. But 
for a charity that I run, you've probably heard of. Yeah, that's the uh, James Whale uh, Kidney Charity. Fund for Kidney Cancer, yep. yeah. Um, I do a charity shoot in South Wales every year um, where we shoot round a golf course. At golfers? <laughs> I would... No, I mustn't say that. Uh, no, the golfers are, 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 are asked to take a rest whilst the archers okay. uh, who donate money to the charity come. And we, we shoot cl- closest to the flag, wins the point, you know, so we obviously are not going to get the arrows in the hole. Is that cloud shooting, uh, is it, or just... Say again? A cloud shooting or just shooting? Well, it's, a, it's what they would call a roving clout. Yeah. Right. So that rather than clout shooting, which is just one one flag about 200 yards away. Mm. Uh, this is round the whole of the 18, 18 of holes of yeah. golf course. That makes sense. Yeah. Make a day yeah, of it. Yeah, it's fun. Good fun. I don't trust myself doing that sort of thing. I'll probably shoot it straight oh, up. Oh, I'm sure and... you'll be fine. You probably <laughs> need a new bow by now. I do. I think it's too small for me. Yeah. I've obviously grown a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think you should invest in some... Uh, there's a really good company called Wales Archery. Look them up on the internet. Wales? Is anything to do with you? No, no. It's, it's Welsh Archery oh, Centre. Fair enough. W-A-L-E-S, WalesArchery.com. Brilliant. Well, that's and a good advert there. Selection of modern equipment and, and traditional equipment. We've never had an advert on before. Have you not? Well, not really. How do you make a living out of this? We do it for fun. We, oh, uh, I see. Right. We, we make a living fixing computers and right. uh, looking after people's technology things. And this is yeah. a technology podcast really so so i'm convinced that uh that, that doing a radio show online like this is probably the way to go you are paving the way for the future for everyone else i think i think i seem to have done that throughout my entire life and then I other think people so. come along and make lots of money didn't you um do the first ever <laughs> you didn't really hear that right? i didn't sorry he said look at chris evans ah. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> didn't you uh, do the first ever real crossover between bbc and itv once I did, yeah. I, I think that was for uh, for children in need. I yes, I saw that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was yeah. amazed. I thought if yeah. anyone could pull it off, it would be James. Yeah, well, that was that was down to, to the legendary Ian Bolt, who sadly died a couple of years ago, who who actually got me on the television to do it. Yeah, you've also worked on uh, Bid Up TV. <laughs> <laughs> how well, how well did you do? I did very well, but uh, I tell you, it's the hardest work I've ever done as a friend <laughs> I'm of sure. mine. A friend of mine at the time was a programme director of uh, Bid TV, and he said, uh, would, would you fancy coming along and, and doing a couple of shows? And uh, I wasn't doing very much then. And uh, I said, yeah, OK, why not? So when's your, your new show going to be launching? Well, we, we've done Wales Weekly, which you uh, very kindly put out, which is just me doing a bit of a blog of a video. Yeah, because really. we, um, we noticed she yeah. didn't have a, a website as such, so we thought, well, the obvious thing. And I knew Eurovision was on, and I was bored. Um, uh-huh. I, I thought, well, I'm, yeah, I have got a website. I think jameswell.co.uk. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I, I need to sort that out, which I'm going to do, because I'm very lazy and very untechnical. But I'm, uh, I'm going to talk to some big podcasting companies about doing a, a weekly blog, if you like, that then goes out on Twitter. Yeah. But the TV one, uh, we just did it as a, a try to see if there was any response. There was a load of response, and various people put it out and read tweeted it and read whatever, you know. And so now we decided we could perhaps update a version of a, a, a TV show. Um, and we're out there now looking for finance and backing, et cetera, et cetera. You said just now that you're, you're not technologically minded or something yeah. like that. So when you, when you work in this industry, you must have to have some sort of grip on, um, you know, some aspects of the technology of how things work. I mean, yeah. how, how do, do, you not, do you not have any involvement with that side of it? Or you just... <laughs> You just have everyone. You just have people doing things for you. How does it work? Um, 
Well, that would be nice. Mrs. W is quite technically. What, what, what do you mean? Sitting in a radio studio doing a radio show um, is, is, is like learning to type, isn't it? Once you know what you're doing and, and you go into a radio studio and there are loads and loads of buttons and knobs and, uh, and not many people allow uh, you to go out sitting on your own anymore. So you've always got either an engineer or a producer around you. Um, it's, not, it's not really difficult. What about um, phones and computers and laptops and iPads? Have you have, have you got into all that, or have you stayed quite well, I can, sort of I, traditional? I can use a laptop, and I can, you know, I can. I'm actually quite good at texting on the phone, believe Ooh. it or not. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, once somebody shows me what to do, it's fine. I thought I could stick a microphone into my laptop and do a radio show, but it doesn't seem to be quite that easy. No, we found the same problem. We've yeah. got loads of equipment all over the place that we've when trial we, and error. When we started, we just had a laptop, and we were just recording directly with the microphone on the laptop. We've yeah. now, on 56 programmes later, we've got a studio set up with mics and a mixing desk and everything. <laughs> we've just gradually built it over the time that we've been doing it. You know? Yeah. Well, you see, I, could, I'm, I, I don't have the interest to do that. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, a broadcaster rather than an engineer. Yeah, we're uh, more so, interested in the the way things work and you know how 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 to make things. Yeah. So I'm more interested in sitting and deciding what I'm going to ask people and how I'm going to talk to them and who'd make an interesting or funny uh, interview. You know, if I was doing the TV show this week, I'd probably have had to have a load of people in dressed as J Lo to see whether or not that <laughs> she will. Uh, and 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 then you know, obviously, then we do a, a serious bit as well, which is what we always used to do in the program. Um, but I would be more interested in putting that together and hoping that clever people like you made sure that we had all the bases covered with all the new technology and everybody could access the program in any way they wanted. We'll help out where we can. Um, well, you're now my North Wales uh, and uh, North West uh, of the England representative. That's it. We're, it's official. No problem. Yeah, you've heard it here first. You're quite renowned for speaking yeah. your mind and not really giving a monkey's... Uh, no, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm quite prepared to say anything, but I, I try and count... You know, there are people, and I shouldn't say this, he's, I'm sure he's a perfectly nice bloke, but people say, well, you and that, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name now. Hang on. There was one guy called Caesar the, the, the Geezer, another guy called John Gaunt, and there's somebody else. And everybody used to say, oh, yeah, yeah, James is like... And I'm not. I, 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 I don't think... I don't set out to be offensive. I don't think I am offensive. But I will tell you what I think. And if I am doing an interview, and if I ask you a question and you, you sort of uh, try to, to waffle your way out of it and say, well, it's like this. Let me tell you a story, a bit like I've been doing to you. Um, then I am likely to say, look, okay, well, we'll talk about that in a moment. But first, answer the question I asked you. Then you hear dead air. And then I say, look, it's very simple. I'd like to know what led you to believe that this is why we have a problem with whatever it is. And then the, the politician or the, the, the spokesperson or the think tank person will probably say, well, well um, I think you're being a little unfair. And I'll say, no, I'm not being unfair. I just want you to answer the question. Have and you... then people say, he's a bit rude. Well, how am I rude? <laughs> have, you, um, have you got any experiences of, of people who've just been particularly difficult to interview? Oh, yes, yeah. I mean, I've, 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 I've had people walk out on me. I've seen you walk out. No, well, I, I did. There was quite a famous bit on my TV show where I walked off. But I think I, I think in my book I wrote, I mean, that was all. That hey, was where's all our book? Yeah, where's our book? We've been waiting for our book. Well, ask Mrs. W. She's, uh, she's in charge of it's that. Right. She'll send one to you. Okay. Um, I, you could actually, you could go and, and download the audio book, couldn't you? 
Well, I can't read. Um, this week I've got a task to read the Mr. Man Yes, book. he can He can read. <laughs> because he's a child at heart. That's why. Oh, right. Okay, fine. I've just not You're grown up from you. the 80s. You should have seen the way that he reacted after we did that test phone call at the beginning. He really? Was, he was just almost jumping up and down with excitement. Which is oh, quite hard because yeah. it's quite a low roof in here. He said, oh, I can't believe we've just spoken to James Whale. <laughs> he was really, really worried, pumped up. Really. I'm not, I'm not, this is like the adulation you get if you're in a boy band, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. It's like, this is what you'd expect if, if you were the king of rock well, and roll. I, but... I know you live in Kent now, so just, just keep looking out your window. <laughs> Are you in that white van at the end of the road? <laughs> oh, dear. You've been rumbled, Rob. Let's get out of here quick. It's not me, it's right, just a Right, OK, camera. come on. Do, do some more questions. Interview me a bit. Tell <laughs> us about the charity. I want to know why you're involved with it. There are so many charities. Why did you get involved with that one? Oh, right, OK. Well, there are so many charities to get involved with. And um, uh, I, 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 listen, I'm, I, I always thought that cliche of, uh, it's for charity, mate. Um, I'm doing a, filling in for Tony Blackburn on one of his yeah, radio shows. You don't like to talk of, about it. I don't, well, I do like, I'm quite happy to talk about it. But the reason that the, the James no, Well Fund... I was talking him. about the, uh, the nicey and smashy sketch where they oh, always right. say, I don't like yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. But I will. Uh, is because I, I had kidney cancer 13 years ago now. And uh, that's why we started the charity. That's not why. It's because people kept going on at me and saying, will you start a charity? There isn't a charity. There is a charity. There was a charity for kidney cancer, which we're about to take over. But um, uh, that's why. I mean, there wasn't really enough being done for people who had contracted the disease and their families and their relatives that we set up the James Well Fund for Kidney Cancer, which is run by... Uh, a very uh, very good guy called Nick Turkentine who, who runs the charity. Um, and uh, we hopefully help people who suddenly are diagnosed with kidney cancer. We give them information. We have a helpline. We have a training scheme online for nurses. Uh, and, of course, we have to raise funds to keep this all going. And if anybody's interested, go to my charity website, jameswellfund.org. And at the moment, we are next week, a week after next, we've got a charity auction where uh, people have coloured in the whales. whales. Yes, I've seen that. And, yeah, and so uh, I could I could do with a bit more money coming in there. Charlotte Hawkins, who's one of the Sky News TV presenters, so far has uh, has got a bit of two hundred and ninety five quid wow. on her whale. David Cameron, on the other hand, the Prime Minister of this country, love him or hate him has got a bit of nothing. Ooh. Now, I only throw this in because I would expect that that will go for quite a lot. Because, is it because the starting bid's too high? Is it not £50 starting bid? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to let it go for 50 quid. I buy it myself not. for 50 quid. Listen, 10, 10 years in the future or 20 years in the future or whatever it is, people look back and suddenly say, I've got a, I've got a sketch done by the Prime Minister. You know, supposing you have one by Gladstone or somebody like that. Are you well, looking the, for other celebs to contribute a sketch of the whale? Um, I think we've got quite a few on there. Melanie C, Catherine Tate. There's quite a few. Go and have a look on the website. I'm going to check it out later. I think Shane Ritchie has done one. I think uh, uh, my friend Cosmo from Game of Thrones has done one. Um, mine, by the way, is the best. But of course. Y- yours is the most colourful. It is, isn't it? Some of the others, yeah. you know, you know. But you've got David an advantage. Cameron, a bit, you know, he's drawn a funny face on the whale. But, yeah. uh, well, you've got an is. advantage. You are actually a whale. Well, so yeah, see, there we are. You've got yeah. a bit of an edge over everyone else. Yeah. We're going to be yeah. seeing uh, Debbie McGee soon. Do, do you want a, a, a whale drawn by the Debbie McGee? 
Yeah, yeah, ask Debbie, yeah, and uh, I haven't seen Debbie and uh, her old man for a while. You when you to. say you're going to see her, we're going to make the effort with her, because she is the lovely Debbie McGee. You didn't bloody bother to do that with me, did well, you? Well, yeah, you should have seen the ha- faff and the hassle we had to go through <laughs> just, just to get this working. Listen, just getting the phone set up to the mixing desk was a nightmare. In fact, I'm so amazed it's it even worse. you to travel all the way to her house, is it? If you, uh, if you said... That you would, if you invited us down there, we would come and see you. It's just that we've already met them before, I think. Um, you know. Yeah, no, don't, don't let, you're digging yourself in deeper. I don't. Well, don't, yeah. Go no. mm. on, ask another. Okay, fine, good. Please do. The auction though is next week in London at the Dover Street Art Gallery. Ask me who's doing the auction. Who is doing the auction? Geoffrey uh, Archer. Geoffrey Archer. Wow, wow. He's done a whale as well. Yeah, he's Geoffrey uh, Archer. You might ask why. Well, uh, as far as fundraising is concerned Geoffrey Archer is the past master every big charity event uh, that does a, a, an auction for charity tries to get Geoffrey Archer to come and do it he just he just extracts money from people who don't even want to give it good well that's the man you we want should to try and get, we should get him up here and help us out <laughs> so uh, when you've got your show up and running are we going to be on as guests yeah I think so I think if you want to be on fine we'll give you your own regular uh, spot we could do a technology section for you. Talk about new bits that are coming out in the technology yeah. world and stuff like that. Yeah, but you could, you, you, yeah, we could, we could even do it just live from your bedroom or something. Yeah, well, we've we've got a studio here that we could do it from, and we could we could uh, help people with technical problems. People would email in or text or whatever and say, "How do you do this, that, and the other?" We could tell. All them. right. Well, if I if I was a commissioning editor of a TV company, a big TV company, now I would say to you, "Right, fine, we'll do that." You'll need a sponsor for that part of the program. Okay, uh, we'll get a sponsor easily. Easily, don't worry about All it. Right. We know loads of people. Good work. Yeah, carry on. Let's do it. <laughs> we can only bring this to the table if we can get the finances to do it. So, what's uh, a typical James Whale day then? Uh, today, I'm about to go into the local town here and pick up uh, a pair of glasses that I have uh, I have had because my wife reminded me a few weeks ago I haven't had my eyes tested for ten years. And I probably need a new prescription. Ten years is a long time. Now, do you go to a big national store, like a a Specsavers-type place? I should have gone to Specsavers. You're absolutely right. Or do you go to a little local guy? Um, No, there is no little local guy, so I'm going to the big one in the town. Ah, okay. But your glasses are quite designer and expensive, though, aren't they? No. uh, The pair I wear most of the time at the moment, I got really cheap from TK Maxx. Wow. He's nothing, definitely a Yorkshireman. Nothing wrong isn't he? with TK Maxx. No, my favourite shop, mate. Listen, when I've got a few bob, that's where you'll find me. Wow, you can get a bargain in TK Maxx. A few months yeah. ago, I asked you to come up and um, clear some rubbish for me when you had your white van. You were doing your white man bit. Yeah. Um, are you still up for that? He probably doesn't no. remember that. No. Yeah, I uh, did until I realised how expensive it was and what a long way North Wales is from here. Uh, ah, right. You see, so, when Rob, <laughs> Rob, when he speaks to people on Twitter, he thinks that he's the only person they're talking to. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the important one. <laughs> well, listen, I, I've got a job anyway next week. I'm, 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 uh, I'm doing the audio version of a book which is called The Butterfly Boy, uh, which is a really, really, uh, I mean, it's been written by uh, a chap who's done quite a few books, uh, whose name's just gone out of my head, actually. And uh, everybody can go and download the audio version of it, because I only get paid by how many people buy. You're going to have lots of adverts on this new show, then, are you, for, for sponsors? Well, I, 
I'm going to have to do something to earn a living, Mrs. W said. If I don't start working again properly soon, we uh, we're not going to eat next week. So I've got to. I'm do sure something. things aren't that bad. I mean, if if you're stuck for food, we can always come down with a KFC or something. We could send you a you care package. You want to come down, don't you? You want to come down. That's well, the thing. I want to Rob, meet the whale. Yeah, the thing is, Rob doesn't mind, you see, because I do all the driving. So Rob yeah. Rob just tells people, yeah, we'll, we'll come. We'll come and see you, you know. And then okay, I, well, listen, it's my here, car. Here, <laughs> so, here we are. On Thursday, the 6th of June, week after next, at the Dover Street Art Gallery in London... That's where we're having the auction for the whales, and that's where I will be. Right. There you go, Rob. It's not so, your, you know, get not, on the yeah, train line. It's not quite your house and a cup of tea, though, is it? Oh, you see, he's, well, he's you too know, pushy. I keep telling him. <laughs> and quite frankly, they'd frighten the life out of you. Now, this butterfly boy, was it... His name is Tony, and I can't remember what his surname is, who's written it. It's a novel. It'd make a great movie. Tony Klinger? Uh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Ah, yeah. okay, got it. This yeah. is, uh, I've got this really good website called Google that you, I use. You have, haven't you? And yeah, it's, uh, it's brilliant for finding stuff out. Yes. <laughs> there he is, Tony Klinger. There's an yeah. interview with him on there. Yeah. Um, he's quite a well-known uh, film producer as well, but he, he's written a couple of novels. And uh, this is all about a, a boy and the problems, a Jewish boy, uh, that he has during the Second World War. Um, and it, 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 When I first read through it, and I, I realised there are sex scenes in it i said to, i said are you sure yeah just read them straight you know just do it i said well blimey as he looked at her and held her closer he could feel his body his whole body beginning to tremble her skin her skin was so soft her skin was like beautiful velvet i'm going the- to the bathroom <laughs> I, i'm i'm amazed you, you you've missed your calling there I he does think. voice should have been an actor Ah, listen, I can do voiceovers. You need any voiceovers? I'm really cheap at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you got through this new TV project and yep. somebody picks up the phone and says, do you want to go on real TV or would you like to come back on radio? Would you do that or would you do both? Um, well, no, I'm gonna, if I, I want to I want, I, I make it work out online and that's where a lot of people are going to get their media from. Uh, I want to, I have to go back to radio because radio is what I do. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm obviously I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing at the moment. Well, I mean, I'm talking to various people about various things. But the only thing I tell you is I think I'm, I'm filling in for Tony Blackburn on one of his radio shows in a couple of weeks. But uh, I would I would love to try and get uh, away in like they do in America, maybe once a week, nighttime show, ten o'clock until midnight or whatever. James Wales weekly uh, radio show where I can get people to phone in, they can Skype in, they can whatever. Yeah, and. It, again, it's it's finding a way of financing it. You see, you're the guy that always boosts figures. You, you, yeah, are, well, you are that man. My last, listen, uh, the fact that... that we don't, be, we don't what, really what understand mean, why you're not even on the radio anymore, because you're so good. It's well, like the radio stations must be... I'm not on the radio, because I came to the end of my contract a couple of months ago, and the radio station I was then working for didn't want to renew it, because they wanted to become a, a more like Radio 4. Yeah. Well, it'll really upset them when I start a show on Radio 4, won't it? <laughs> Would you do that? Go on, um, Radio 4. I'm, I, I, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm open to any kind of offer. So I think, I think the way forward is probably syndication uh, of a show like I used to do before. But I would like to try and see if we can't get uh, a, an online radio program going properly sure. where people, you know, where people are going to be listening. I did it before, um, but it... It was a sort of early evening show, 
Yeah, I remember uh, that. It, you know, uh, and it wasn't quite what I wanted to do. But it must be, it must be a way of doing it. Listen, I w- if, if I get the right offer from the right radio station, I will, I will be delighted to go back and do it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Again, me... depends on the offer. I'm not sure if I want to do five days a week again. I really enjoyed doing the drive time show. I gave that radio station the highest ratings that program had ever had. Um, and, uh, uh, and it was the radio station in London that I always wanted to work on. I did five years on it. Crazy. Before that, I did 13 years on talk. So, you know. What if one of the sort of lesser viewed TV stations, I don't know, I'm, uh, it's going to sound like I'm picking on one now, but let's say if I was to say watch TV or, or one mm. of the stations like that came along and said, listen, how about doing a, an hour-long TV show once a week, Friday night? Is that the sort of thing you'd be interested in, in yeah, doing? Yeah, I, I, I would be interested in... in uh, I did a series a few years ago on Men and Motors. Yes, I saw that. Called The Blue Whale. Well, that was quite fun. That was definitely blue. It wasn't that blue. Come on. It is for me. Well, you, well yeah. I've led a sheltered life. Remember, yeah. he's a was child that at we heart. The blow up, we didn't have the blow-up sheep on that, did we? No, yeah. that, was, that was the one that was in London produced by Mike Mansfield for LWT. Yep. I, I had a blow-up sheep on the desk, yeah. Yep. Then loads of other people copied that afterwards, I was interested to see. I think a lot of people have copied your style over the years. Now, this was only going to be five minutes, was it? So are you going to edit this all down? Or we'll not? edit it all down. We'll try and, we'll try and make you sound good. <laughs> oh, cheers. Thanks for that. Because Mrs. W is looking at me through the window. Yeah, we're going to wrap um, it up now, I think. Yes. You, you might want to sort of ask any more questions, anything else, you know? Uh, was there anything else? Know where to send the fee to, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, well, where, where can we send the fee to? <laughs> give, give us your address. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll get Mrs. W to send you an invoice. Thank you very much. Is he being serious? I I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I I wanted to ask you one more thing. Can I ask one more thing? One more thing. Okay. It's about sponsors. Yeah. When you are trying to get sponsors on board, do you let your own personal feelings and views affect who you have as a sponsor? Or do you just take money from whoever will give it? Um, No, uh, obviously you have to... I don't think I'd want any sponsorship from any religion, for a start. Okay. <laughs> no religion except my own that I may set up. I can't imagine the, um, the, the church sponsoring the James Whale show, though. Can you? Uh, but uh, well, give me a for instance. Who who would you who would you think? Well, I if should... it was a, if there was a product that you thought genuinely wasn't a good product, and it was a product that you maybe you'd used it and you just thought this is terrible, yeah. and, the, and the manufacturer of that product or the company selling it came and said we want to sponsor the show, and yeah. in 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 your heart of hearts you knew that the stuff they were selling was just terrible. An example: Talk Talk Internet. They're terrible. If they came to you and said we'll sponsor your show, and you'd been a customer of them and you knew how bad they were, would you just would you say no, or would you say just think Look, I, I, I need listen, a sponsor? I don't know the first thing about. Talk, talk, internet, and uh, they could be the best thing since sliced bread, and you might just have a bit of an action. Yeah, but that's just an example. You know what I mean, though, right? um, Well, if if I had had a bad experience with a company uh, and they wanted to advertise with something I was doing, I think I would have to have a a conversation and find out whether other people had had the the same experience. Um, But I would hope, and I'm, uh, you know, you never, because you think a company is bad. Other people may not, mm, right? Yeah. Um, but I hope that I would be uh, prepared to say, "Oh, I don't agree with the ethics of this company or that company or whatever." Um, but who knows? In the in the in the in <laughs> in the real world, sometimes you're not in a position to make those judgments. Sometimes, uh, if you don't if you don't sort of uh, 
say, and we're talking about legitimate companies, aren't we? I mean, we're not talking about... Money laundering, that sort of thing. You know, we're not talking about that. No. I mean, no, no, some no, 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 no. people can have very high ideals, but the alternative is where you can say, well, I won't take money from those people, then you're not on the air or you have no program. So, you know... Beggars how can't be that, choosers. How does, that, how does that solve any problems? But mm. uh, I have never been faced with that uh, dilemma, but I, I hope I'd, uh, I'd do what is right if I was. Could I just say thank you very much for chatting to us today? Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, Yeah. I look forward to it, guys, and look forward to your fascinating and entertaining podcast in the near future. All right, guys, see you later. It's been a pleasure. Take Take care. care. Cheers. Bye. 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 You don't have to be posh to listen to the Dead Air podcast. You don't need four years, no claims either. That was great. Amazing. Yeah. What a guy. I think you were a bit... Uh, starstruck. Shy. Yeah, starstruck. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Well, I've sort of known him all my life, mm. but never met him. Yeah. Well, it was really good of him to talk to us, and uh, we really appreciate it. Who have we got coming up next? Um, in a few weeks, hopefully, we'll have the lovely Debbie McGee. Debbie McGee. That's it. We can't really say too much about other people, because we... Have to wait until we've got confirmation. Definitely doing Debbie McGee. We are definitely doing Debbie McGee. <laughs> this week I went to see the animated film of the year, the blockbuster Epic. Okay, what was it called? Epic. The film was called Epic? Yes. Oh, sorry, I thought you were describing... I thought you were saying, I went to see the blockbuster epic and then you were going to say the name of a film well if i was going to use a word to describe this film i wouldn't have called it epic or what would you call it blurred 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 why was it blurred i don't know i mean the the bad 3d or 2d it was in 3d and it's supposed to be all designed Ah, for 3d i think i so hang on let me you know when you watch a film at the cinema sometimes at the beginning you can see them focusing the thing yeah when it's on the 18 certificate or 12 or whatever the thing is and it says you know you can see it getting blurred and out of focus while the guy does it was this film like that then but it was in 3d you could see them adjusting something okay which you didn't think of anything at the time yeah and then we sat through the film and you sort of sat there looking at it going well everything in the middle of the screen sort of looks all right and i use sort of and very loosely um everything on the outside was all blurred there was no detail in the background, and you sat there thinking, this is supposed to be the best 3D. And then, were you wearing the glasses? I was wearing the okay, glasses, Because yeah. the way you're describing it, it made me wonder if you had them on. Well, I thought it was me. I thought I was tired, you know, yeah. or, or um, I wasn't wearing the glasses right. They might have been upside down or back to front. Okay, I don't know, yeah. you know. I thought it was just me. Um, and I thought, there's nothing 3D. In, it. in fact, the, the 3D was almost ghosting. You could actually see the two images overlapping each other at some point. Oh, that's not good. And at the end of the film, I said to my wife, I said, um, what do you think of that? And she said, it was all blurred. And I went, oh, it's not just me then. So I complained. You should have complained. I did, I Right at the beginning when the film started. Well, I wasn't going to get up halfway through the film and ruin the film. Hmm. Although the film wasn't that great. Um, so I complained. I uh, sent so does an that email. mean we're not reviewing the film because it was I'm going to review the film. I'll do it I'll do it in a semi sort of fair way. Try and take into account the fact that it wasn't the film's fault. I'll review it as a 2D film, okay. Um even though it was still blurred for 2D obviously. The film wasn't that great. The storyline was pretty lame. I'd give it about two and a half stars. Maybe I would have given it an three and a half stars if the 3D would have been as stunning as what they said it was. 
So it's not really very epic then? No. But the tip is, complain. I complained and I got three VIP tickets to go and see any film I like. That's fair enough. So, to be fair, Cineworld, thank you. You're listening to Nick and Rob. I'm not Morgan Freeman, but this is Dead Air Podcast. So I read that Mr. Man book. Which Mr. Man book? Mr. Nobody. Okay. What's it about? Um, About a character called Mr. Nobody. Well, I never would have guessed that. I was hoping you could, you know, expand a bit. It was a good book. Is that it? Is this the Rob book review of the week? It was one of them books that once you've uh, picked it up, you can't put it down. Yeah, but it's only got about 20 pages. Yeah. (laughs) How long did it take to read it? Uh, About half an hour. Well, some of the words are big. They were for me. Mm. Um, It was good drawings. Drawings were great. There was a worm in it. There's always a worm in the Mr. Always Men a worm. Book. Was there any other Mr. Men in it? Uh, Mr. Happy was in it. Oh, I love Mr. Happy. And the wizard. The wizard, yeah. Oh, good Basically, the story is Mr. Nobody is um, a nobody. Nobody knows about him because he's invisible. Oh. And they try and work out a way of making him visible so he can become happy again. Wrapping him in bandages, maybe? No, but because he's invisible, they give him a drink. Oh, okay. And well, don't dr- spoil the ending. Oh, have I just ruined it for all the kids out there? <laughs> well, well, we'll try and make sure there's no, no kids listen to the podcast. So anyway, that was the um, Mr. Nobody, um, book number 47 of the Mr. Man series. There are 47. other new ones. 47, yeah. Your favourite number. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe uh, in another 30 years, I shall get round to reading another book. Okay. Now, can you lend that book to me now, or should I buy my own copy? I need to ask my daughter first, because it's not mine to lend. If it was a game, I'd have to buy my own, wouldn't I? You would. Um, But with a book, it's a bit different. See, why shouldn't the guy that wrote Mr. Men get another £3.50 or whatever it is from me? He should. So no one should be able to lend books anymore either? No, unless you go to a library. So we're running out of time. We are indeed. We're going to have to wrap it up. So don't forget to uh, download our app if you haven't already done so from the android play store or the itunes store just search for dead air you'll find us there yeah we've also got a website which is deadairwebsite.com and we're on twitter which is at deadairpodcast and you can like us on facebook we are on facebook too they should introduce a love button on facebook so people can love us Hmm, that's going a bit too far no no i want a love button you want a love button i want a like and a love button you want a love button anyway Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Listening to the Dead Air podcast. For more information, go to www.deadairwebsite.com. Would you like to hear a really long joke? A really long joke? Yeah. Joke.